Welcome to episode 45 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hout, is with... Eric Sanchez. Eric's mad at me. I was just teasing him about his phone being locked. He's like, that was week two. Yeah, come on now. 45 Every time ep- I try to pull out my notes, you're like, oh, turn off your lock. 45 episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> this week, guys, thanks to the Twitter poll winner, we're going to be talking about my favorite WrestleMania of all time. Mine Wrestle- too. WrestleMania 7. And rewatching it, it just affirms it that it was the best WrestleMania ever. Yeah. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter, guys, to vote on those polls and everything at PPW Podcast. We are Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts from. If you are an iTunes user and can leave us a review, that would help out a lot. We'd really appreciate that. I think you can get a couple, so maybe a few more, and they'll start showing up. Mm-hmm. If you want to support the show... Please head to whatamaneuver.net, find the Positively Processing Podcast page, and pick up a t-shirt. I'd really appreciate that. It would help pay for maybe one month's worth of the SoundCloud storage I pay for every month. Right. No big deal, though. It's fun. I will gladly pay it to provide content and excuse to talk wrestling once or twice a week with you and whoever else wants to join me. That's right. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, this show was a ton of fun. Uh it was between this and I think WrestleMania 30 were the two close ones together. Eventually, WrestleMania 7 kind of pulled away. It was a lot closer than I thought. Yeah, so, yeah I created some bots and threw in some votes yeah. for uh, WrestleMania 7. You were the you were the bots? Yeah. Um, I only needed six. <laughs> to win it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was like 80 or something votes. So okay. we had a hand, I don't know if there are people going to listen to those 80 or whatever, but hey, they're going to click it. We're yeah. getting a lot more downloads every week. Uh, last week was one of the bigger weeks we've ever had which is appreciative thanks to the guys at the WWF Hasbro book. And I think I think a lot of it, though, had to do with our playing of toys live on the air. Of course. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to us play with toys? Speaking of Hasbro, let's check out what I got. Here. Holding up the Hasbro ring. It's busted nice. up. But I ordered the replacement stickers today. I'm going to clean it up. It needs a couple turnbuckles and new ropes. I ordered that replacement parts today. Yeah, a little soap and water and a yeah. toothbrush to get that uh, looking brand new. Yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. A little brush and... Um, I think just regular dish soap should get this cleaned up pretty nice. My yeah. buddy had it, and it's beat. It's beat, like I said, it's beat up. But the base of the ring is there. It's the blue Hasbro ring, and even the base of these rings are going for like forty bucks on eBay. Yeah, those are nice. You have another one though downstairs, right? No, that's the NX. That's just the basic oh, okay. metal rings that they're out now. All right. Um, no, I, I my ring I had was the yellow ring, and that is gone. Who knows where else? I'm actually in a raffle right now. It's a hundred spots. It was ten bucks for a sealed yellow ring, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I gotta do this because that ring goes for like nine hundred bucks sealed. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, hey, let's let's. When's the drawing for that? Uh, I think almost all the spots are filled. Once the spots are filled, they pull. I think there's like eighty spots filled now, so they're waiting on the last twenty. Okay. And uh, they're hopefully, hopefully, I get the W on that one. Really, it would really be awesome if I did. Yeah. 
with WrestleMania 30 almost winning, ties into the big news of the week, which was Daniel Bryan coming back. I don't know about you, but I thought I'm like this, I, there was never a thought in my mind that something like, that he would ever be able to clear to come back by WWE. I never thought it would happen. I've never thought that either. I know for the past two years he's been trying to go to a bunch of different specialists, tried um, a bunch of different therapies, uh, hyperbolic or whatever it is, chamber. Like he's done that stuff. Yeah. He's done physical therapies, and I'm just so happy for him. Yeah, I, I mean I can't believe it, you know. And I think we all kind of forgot how great he was and, like, how much fire he has in the ring. Yeah. Even that little segment we did with Owens and Zayn where he was running drop kicks and the yes kicks yeah. and all that. We're used to the Miz's kicks. And compared to his, like, Daniel Bryan makes the Miz look like a, a first-time wrestler. Right, moves yeah. And really happy for him and really happy that, you know, he's going to have a match coming up, I'm assuming, at WrestleMania and lots of fun stuff coming up. I'm really, really appreciative him of being able to see him live right. in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. When, I think a lot of people are also saying, well, they are, uh, saying that, oh, he shouldn't come back. He has a family. He has this. He has that. But I think there's a lot of comparison with him coming back and Shawn Michaels coming back. Like, Shawn Michaels came back and did pretty well for himself. I think the big difference is Michaels had a back injury, which I guess could take, maybe be worse. He paralyzed. Yeah. Whereas Daniel Bryan had a brain injury, which is kind of unknown at this point. So it's kind of crazy that he was cleared to come back and – uh He's, yeah. I've heard him talk a lot about the history of the injury. You know, originally they, when they had the test, like you have a lesion or a lesion, is that the right There's word? There's a lesion, yeah. on, on your brain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that means I have a cut on my brain. I'm done. And he saw more doctors like, well, we don't really know what that means just yet. And then he went through all these tests. And, you know, if he's uh, what I heard is he's thinking of working a semi-full-time schedule, kind of like the Randy Orton schedule where he has a handful of days off a month yeah. and all that. So. He doesn't have a ton of time left in his career, but maybe he does if he does a part-time schedule. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all these matchups. Like, oh, we don't get them. Now we get them, maybe. Him versus Nakamura. Get to see him and AJ Styles. We didn't get to see them in the Indies wrestle together. And uh, the Miz matchup might be great. And Owens and Zayn, there's just down the list. It's Right. You go down the whole roster. (laughs) Maybe him versus that Lesnar match. Him versus Finn Balor. Like, it's going to be awesome stuff. Really looking forward to it. And the one thing I did read that uh, one of the stipulations WWE put on him is that he has to do, like, uh, impact testing after every match that he does just to make sure he goes, which I think is really nice and um, beneficial to his health that they're still looking out for the wrestler's well-being. Yeah, and it's just crazy that my wife texted me. I was in meetings all week at work, and... I wasn't on the internet at all all day or whatever, and she texts me. She goes, "Daniel Bryan's mm-hmm. back. He's been cleared." And I was like, "That was probably some rumor she read on Twitter." Yeah. And I look like, "Holy crap!" WWE.com. Yeah. And like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm, I'm still like not believing it until he's in the ring having a match. I'm not, I'm not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to it a lot. Yeah. I love that uh, that in the storyline SmackDown. So they fired Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Owens changed his Twitter profile back to Kevin Steen. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Yeah, and it says at Fight Steen Fight. Well, good for him. Yeah, he's he's back. <laughs> Fight Steen Fight. Maybe I'll go check out a Ring of Honor show and see if he's there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he'll be at All In or he'll be at Supercard of Honor. Yeah, he will. <laughs> <laughs> the big comeback. Yeah. I really liked, well, I think you mentioned it with the, uh, just him being physical on yeah. SmackDown was just amazing. I'm like, holy shit, he is back. <laughs> I loved all the stuff. I don't know if you, I think I sent you it like a couple weeks ago when Shane got beat up. Yeah. And he got yeah, slammed in the crates and like Shane is the great player. Like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then what was the, the rap song I sent you where like he hit the post <laughs> and he started dancing or whatever? Yeah. Just normal viewing, him just bouncing off that thing and his head shaking going down. Uh, it's hilarious. going down for real, whatever it was. It was yeah. hilarious. Uh, lots of good stuff going on. 
the raw angles are kind of <clears throat> whatever to me. Like the Lesnar-Reigns thing, I think it's going to be a good match because they're both pretty hard-hitting guys and all that stuff. I'm just confused at what they're doing. Like, so Reigns got the shit beaten out of him. Yeah. And I, what I noticed on Raw, I was waiting saw, for Ron to come out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed it. Like, Reigns, like, those handcuffs, they were already bruised on his wrist pretty bad after that because oh, okay. he's throwing punches and stuff. He's, he's a big guy, so I'm sure they didn't have extra large handcuffs and all that. Yeah. And apparently he legitimately broke one guy's jaw with an elbow <laughs> he threw. Yeah, and then he, I love that Lesnar came out and kept beating the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And the poor Roman, the crowd, and he's on the stretcher, crowd's going, you deserve oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I uh, re, uh, reposted something of yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage that was, <laughs> saying that that was savage. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a term that's not that cool anymore, but it's still, I, it's still Randy Savage. Well, we'll talk more about Macho Man a little bit, or Macho mm-hmm. King, and how savage and how great he was. Right. I got a ton of notes to talk about WrestleMania and a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I had the original pay-per-view version. And you watch the network version, right? Yeah. So there's I, there's a handful of things I think I noticed different. Nothing crazy. Uh, I posted on Twitter. So the version I had includes the pay-per-view countdown show. Mine was four hours and six minutes. The uh, network version is three and a half hours, just about exactly. So there's about six minutes of extra footage or whatever or changes that I think I noticed on there, just because I've seen this show so many times. I know I've definitely noticed them from the Coliseum video version, mm-hmm. but there's a handful, and I'll talk about them as we get to them here. Uh, do you got any other current stuff to talk about or that you're interested in before we go on today's show? Because it's going to be a while. We've got a lot. No, I mean, WrestleMania 7, we could just jump right in. Yep, let's do it. So here we go. It's uh, i got a few, a few background things and all that. Uh, before... I get through like the history of the show and all that stuff, which a lot of people who are listening to the show would know. What was your first time viewing the show? Do you remember? Like, would you, I do remember live? watching because I didn't really get into, well, I guess back into wrestling until um, like Survivor Series the year before. Okay. So this would be my first live WrestleMania. Yeah. So I was looking forward to seeing teams like Demolition. I'm like, well, Demolition is going to be awesome. The Heart Foundation, I wasn't super familiar with, but I knew I liked them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there was stuff like that, but then through the whole build of this, there were a few matches that I just really loved the build up to that I wanted to see the payoff or the match that was going to, you know, happen at WrestleMania. So a few of mine, I'm sure you have some, was Warrior Savage. Yeah. I wanted to see that. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and, and the model Rick Martel wanted to see that. Yep. The Big Boss Man and Mr. Perfect where Boss Man would finally get, like, the last Heenan family member because yep. he was going through all that kind of stuff. Bulldog and Warlord, I was intrigued by because it was like uh, powerhouse versus powerhouse, and yep. I was pulling for the Bulldog. Um, Virgil and DiBiase, mm-hmm. and then lastly, Hogan and Slaughter. So you like all this you're in. You're in like every feud. Everything that has a storyline, you're in. Yeah, pretty much. And then there were things that happened through, and I'm like, eh. I did really you get to watch this live? On, did you get to order this pay-per-view? Or I ordered it. it? Yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah. That's huge. Was this yeah. the first one you ever ordered? Yeah. That's huge. So I was, like, super excited. I watched the countdown, like you yep. said, it was on the, the VHS. Just the whole day was just exciting for me because I wanted to see all of this stuff. Did I you, had my favorites that I wanted to win. Did you watch it by yourself or, like, your dad or sister um, watching with I your friends? I watched it with, I think, my mom and my sister. Maybe one of my friends was over. Okay. But I remember we were laying down, like, on our belly. Yeah. You know, just laying on the on the right. floor in front of the television we were watching. It was just, you got to be as close as you can to the action. It was so great. Like, I loved it. <laughs> and I think, granted, so for me, this I didn't watch this live, but I was just starting to watch wrestling around this time. Mm-hmm. So I started to watch probably right after Royal Rumble 91. 
where at least I can remember it. I remember just watching from week to week, but when I was younger, I didn't know when wrestling was on. It took me a while to understand that it was on every Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when I started really keeping up with it. And the first, um, I guess, huge show I watched before this was the primetime wrestling special, which was Superstars and Stripes Forever. And it was the March to WrestleMania. Yeah. And that was the one where Hogan was wrestling on TV, which he never did. He was facing General Agnog against Sergeant Slaughter. And post-match, Hogan gets the crap beat out of him, all that stuff. And he's got him in the camel clutch. And Agnon showing Hogan the belt, like, yeah. he never had this, but it was upside, upside down. down. It drove me nuts. <laughs> it was upside down. You know? Even then, yeah, it drove me nuts, too. Yeah, so that March, March to I'm WrestleMania. I'm like this thing, man, like, turn it around. Yeah. <laughs> Put it right side up. So that March to WrestleMania thing to me was just, like, huge. And I remember watching it. And I could be making this up, but I think it was also shown for free, like, on, like, a Saturday or Sunday like, local was. affiliate. Because it was on primetime wrestling. Mm-hmm. But because I remember watching it at my grandma's house, and she didn't have cable. So I remember being, like, glued to the TV at her house. Because when we would go to visit my grandma every week, um, I would just be, like, bored out of my mind because I would bring toys or whatever because there's no cable. And when you were a kid yeah. with no cable, like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Right. But wrestling was on, so I was, I was <laughs> You pumped. went outside, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit, but I, none of my friends you, lived over you there. Or you fired up the Nintendo? <laughs> no, I didn't bring the Nintendo. But none of my friends lived over there. You know, it was mm-hmm. my grandma's house, and my mom and grandma were super close, so they just... We're always hanging. Once a week, we would just go there just to visit. And it was yeah. probably like for an hour, but to me, it felt like an eternity, you know? Was it just you or was it you and your sister? Me and my sister would yeah. go. Um, as my sister got older, she didn't have to go anymore. She got to stay home by herself. Uh-huh. But Lucky. Yeah, right. Uh, but it was just something that I remember, that that particular one. And then mm-hmm. when I first saw the show for the very first time, the actual WrestleMania, we didn't order the pay-per-view, was on the VHS. And at my old house where we grew up, in the city, we had... I think two video stores within like a mile of each other. So there's one in the corner and that was like a really like tiny one and they never had new wrestling tapes. I knew they didn't, but my dad liked going there because I think he knew the guys who would just go yeah. there. So I just rent the old same tapes again. And I'm like, I want to rent WrestleMania seven. I knew the other video store would have it. So he goes, let's check here first. And like, I walked in and they didn't have it. And I go to the guy, I'm like, do you have the WrestleMania seven? He goes, no. I go to my dad, like, I told you you wouldn't have it. And my dad was like, shut up. <laughs> like, I was being rude. <laughs> shut up. This is the business I But then, then we go to the other video store, and there was, like, probably like six copies of it all rented out. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you know? Yeah. And eventually I did get to rent it. You'd um, have to wait till like, August. No. <laughs> before it came back in. <laughs> no, it, it eventually came out. Uh, I think, like, the, we went back the next day, and someone had returned, so we got oh, it. And I just watched it. for you. And, and loved it. And uh, still do to this day. And this show... I, when I was a kid, I had no concept of what was going on with the storyline of the Iraq War and, or the Desert Storm and all that yeah. stuff in Kuwait. I didn't get it at all. Like, that didn't have any effect on me. Looking back now, I'm like, mm, that was kind of iffy to be doing. Um, but at the same point, it's, it's wrestling. We talked about this last week. Yeah. I was, he- I was aware of the um, exploitation or the... Mm-hmm. The adaptation of how real life events kind of bleed into WWF mm-hmm. storylines and stuff like that. So I was aware of the Iraq War and the similarities between the Hogan and uh, Slaughter, Adnan, and later on Colonel Mustafa. Like I understood that, but I didn't really have any strong feelings about it. I just saw, you know, them slapping the American flag on Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and he's going to take down these, you know, dastardly Iraqi right. sympathizers. Yeah, and I think when they started the storyline, the war hadn't happened yet. So no. they kind of had to finish it off. And it, it was something where I knew who Sergeant Slaughter was because of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch him when he was wrestling. I was too young. And then when yeah. he came back, I was like, 
this guy sucks. Like, he just looks like, like an old fat guy. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. When I started watching, mm-hmm. I mean, it was still 1990, 91. Um, same thing, I knew Slaughter was an old wrestler, also from G.I. Joe. So, so to me, that, you know, made him five, six years old. When I was younger, being that old and out of the game just made you look like a fossil when you came back into wrestling. Right. Uh, yeah, and then the show itself I loved, and I love now, and I think now, even though we kind of have those rose-colored glasses through nostalgia, I still think it holds up mm-hmm. as far as entertainment value and all that stuff. And yeah. one particular match we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. When I first started the thing, it was kind of daunting because, you know, they're doing the introductions, uh, the singing, I mean, yeah, yeah. beautiful, all that kind of stuff. And then the ring announcer is like, you know, 15 minutes into it. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is going to be a long night. Because <laughs> I paused it to see how much time was left. And I was tired. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Another three hours of this. <laughs> but I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it turned out a lot better than what I was initially expecting again. So, uh, WrestleMania 7, Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon called the City of Angels at least 800 times throughout the show. Of course he did. Commentators Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, mm-hmm. along with, for two matches, one Hacksaw Jim Duggan, one Lord Alfred Hayes as a commentator. Yeah. Uncle Sam Jim Duggan. Yes, we'll talk about him. This <laughs> took place on March 24th, 1991, attending 16,158 announced by the WWF. Uh, I have a couple notes here. I don't know how true it is because these are from the the book, uh, 30 Years of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And the first is from Sergeant Slaughter. And these are just a couple little tidbits I think people will find interesting if they haven't read this before. So Sergeant Slaughter talks about how crazy and how realistic people were thinking he was as an Iraqi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. So here's what he had to say. Uh, this veteran performer sensed the escalating anger rising from the crowd each week. Slaughter recalls. We were at Madison Square Garden. The FBI were there and asked me and asked to meet with me. They said at every arena I appeared in, they received a threat of some sort, and even a threat made at me. So the FBI came to Madison Square Garden and told me they thought it was a good idea if I wore a bulletproof vest when I performed. So I did. I wore it every night. If you watch that match against Hogan, you can see I'm wearing it. So he's claiming he's wearing a bulletproof vest. I looked for it. I didn't see it. Yeah, but I didn't see it been. either. But who's to say Sarge is a liar? <laughs> Especially when that kind of era, even today, people think it's real. Yeah, that's true with the, with some of these storylines. And then we've got, of course, the change of venue. This was supposed to be the Los Angeles Sports Coliseum. 100,000 mm-hmm. people, biggest thing ever. WWE claims they moved it due to security issues. As true as that might have been, there's yeah. no way they were drawing 100,000 people in 91. No. Even close to that, you know. Uh, so Vince McMahon talks about it a little bit, and he says... Uh, but then I think they also blame bomb threats and stuff like that, and that's why they moved it. That's why they. That's what he claims, but it's yeah. not true. <laughs> so Vince McMahon, this is how Vince McMahon's words. Again, the ego being what it is, it was like, wow, we have never, we've got to go to the Coliseum. We have to sell it out because that would have been the largest crowd ever at the time. Then the war breaks out. It felt like not the right patriotic thing to do in terms of going to a large venue. What the hell does that mean? Not the patriotic thing to go to a large venue. Maybe not to put American people in danger? Maybe. We decided a little too close to reality. We better bring it back indoors, uh, control it better, tone it down some, because, again, it was art imitating life. See, that's total BS, because they continue with the storyline through SummerSlam 91, you know? So it's just just hilarious. Uh, Let's see here. Again, you always have to be extra, again... Always being extraordinarily, extraordinarily patriotic, you had to be careful of how you portrayed it. There's good guys and bad guys, and the WWE also in the world. You can't cross these two worlds that often. 
If you do, you have to do it with a great deal of sensitivity. Sometimes when you come too close to reality, you can actually hurt the audience because there were some United States soldiers that didn't make it. Some came back wounded and things of that nature. You had to be careful of what you do. See, he's just rambling. It doesn't make any sense at all what he's saying right. there, you know, for, for doing it. Um, and then he said, you know, deciding to change the event venue was not a trivial matter for WWE. It was a necessary nightmare. They were well on a promotions campaign, and the first month sold about 17,000 t- tickets. Thankfully, the Coliseum was next door, and that's where they went to. So that's probably all the tickets they sold. Yep. And Slaughter had to give a bunch of free ones <laughs> yeah. to fill the venue. Slaughter recounts, I remember when Vince told me the news, it was devastating not be at the first WrestleMania was hard to accept, and now all these years later to be champion in the main event in the pursuit of a new indoor tense record, or it wouldn't be indoor, so he misspoke there because this is outdoor, attendance record, uh, taken away. It hurt a lot, but I understood it, but it hurt. And then Mean Gene says, Mean Gene Oakland that is, everyone in the locker room was aware of the death threats to Vince and Sarge and their families. It was a difficult time. Security became an issue for our events and for WrestleMania. And when Slaughter burned down a poster of Hulk Hogan to follow me on television, a T-shirt, the storyline became very real for people within the country. So there you go. Good old Sarge. Yes, good old Sarge. <clears throat> so here we go. We'll get started. I have a lot of notes throughout the show. Just jump in. When you talk about the match, I just have to kick it over to you, so just jump it in. Um, first off, the pay-per-view countdown. If you guys don't remember these, definitely look them up on YouTube. It's just like the pre-show a little bit, except they're hyping you to buy a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you got to buy it right now. Call your local, local cable provider. And it's just a bunch of highlight packages for all the matches, maybe some interviews. Uh, this particular one, Mean Gene uh, showed Hulk Hogan on USO tour that led up to this. And they're just kind of awkward. He's over there visiting soldiers in like his wrestling gear with like a camouflage vest and stuff like that. Kind of awkward. And his yellow undies? I don't know if he had, they only show him from the waist up, so I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> the uh, dark match here uh, was Coco Beware. He beat the Brooklyn Brawler in a match that, as far as I know, wasn't recorded anywhere, so I have never seen it. Yeah, it's first uh, I'm hearing about it. This card is 15 matches, including the dark match. 15. It's crazy. You know, people complain about... Yeah, I was doing being, a match count, 14. And then plus the, the dark. Right. Uh... So here we go. We start the pay-per-view. Vince McMahon. It's WrestleMania. Superstars and Stripes Forever. <laughs> so let me just say real Loved quick. Loved it. When I was younger, I thought Superstars and Stripes Forever. I just thought, thought, <laughs> I thought that was referencing the flag, like Stars and Stripes Forever, and it was super. Not superstars, like wrestling superstars? Or is it wrestling superstars, or was it super? It was Superstars and, stars and Stripes Forever. Okay. Uh so then, yeah, I love the intro. You know, mm-hmm. the Star Stripes, Hogan and, and Sarge staring each other off and, yeah. and all that. Brought the graphics me, were amazing back then. Brought me back to, to that, that kid. And that's the same intro on the VHS, same intro on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Nelson comes out first, all totally merched out. He's got the Hogan bandana, the Bret Hart sunglasses, the WrestleMania shirt, uh, and the WWF toy belt. I noticed that. It, it was hilarious. That's the only thing I never noticed until I recently watched it again. I mean, he, like, he's got a toy championship belt on. Yeah, I know. Dude. This guy's like a walk-in uh, <laughs> merch stand. Yeah. Uh, WW Magazine shop. Who's <laughs> uh, calling me here? Hold on one sec. We may have to pause it again. Hold on one sec. And we're back. Sorry about that. I had to uh, answer a work call. And for once, it actually was something from work. It wasn't a telemarketer like last time someone interrupted our show. What the heck? <laughs> my lunch. <laughs> my lunch. This is my, like, I record the show on, like, what's called my lunch break, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
One thing I noticed on this, so the camera shots are a little bit different in this live pay-per-view version. Uh, you can see Gorilla standing a lot in the background, like awkwardly by himself, because mm-hmm. no one's his partner yet. So this, that was kind of interesting, you know, the Willie Nelson America, the beautiful thing. Yeah. And then we got Hacksaw, Uncle Sam come out for the commentary. Uh, up until, say, 97, 98, I didn't know that this, this existed, because I only had the Coliseum video version, which didn't include that. Uh, the video version didn't ha- include what hacksaw coming down. It also didn't include the rockers interview. It just started right with the match, the rockers oh, okay. versus them. Yeah, all right. And that's because the Coliseum videotapes used, I think it's called uh, ELP, just like re- long play or whatever. So VHS tapes, for you guys who don't know, it's LP, EP, and SLP, which is long play, extended play, and super long play. I think that's what I'm asking for. Anyway. Uh, the Coliseum videotapes, in order to make them better qualities, because they were rentals for the most part, to be over and over again, were mm-hmm. EPs. So their capacity was a lot less. So they had to cut this pay-per-view down from three hours and 30 minutes to just over three hours to fit in the single tape. Uh, the other time they didn't, they weren't able to do that was WrestleMania 4, and they had to do a double tape. Um, so the tapes, makes sense. the tapes with Coliseum video compared to the tapes on the Legacy set that WWE released in 97, the, those are SLP tapes. So the image quality, the tape quality is a little bit worse. VHS people know what I'm talking about. Um, it's just something <laughs> that you notice uh, yeah. when watching stuff. And that's why some of these tapes I have that are super old for Coliseum Video still work. It's because they're in their cases. You know, they, they've got the better quality stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have... One of the th- well, one of the things yep. when Hacksaw comes out, he's yep. wearing a big Uncle Sam oh, hat. Yeah. So he comes out, and he's just kind of goofy to begin with. So he comes out, and he's, like, bouncing his head back and forth like like a bobblehead, and the hat's bouncing with it. So all of a sudden, he just puts his hand on top of the hat to stop it, uh-huh. and he starts making these goofy faces. <laughs> like, he's just acting like a kid. <laughs> Gotta love Hacksaw. He's, he's always having a good time, you yeah. know? It's a bummer he didn't get in the match. He didn't get in the card, yeah. but I guess... What did, what did you show up like here? Hacks, I'll wear this. <laughs> right. Well, everything was patriotic for this one, right? Mm-hmm. It was. It was the Just start. Just the banners, the the background, the uh, the ring apron. Like everything was red, white, and blue. Yep. And sure. Uncle Sam Hacksaw. And then we have the Rockers taking on Haku <clears throat> and the Barbarian with Bobby the Brain Heenan. So I think that the no, a couple, I have a couple notes about this match. I think we need to definitely have an elite wrestling figure set with the rockers in this gear. Yeah. The black and it's my neon favorite green. color. <laughs> the black with the neon green, right? Yep, and this is a great classic power guys match versus the high flyers. For some reason I remember the rockers losing, I don't know why, but they do get the win at mm-hmm. 10 minutes and 33 seconds of this match. Uh I don't want this show to be just a breakdown of like move by move type of thing, but there was a lot of uh classic you know, beat the good guy down to gets the hot tag. Right. They do the the double drop kick, the splash for the win, and it was it was a fun match, and the crowd was really into it. It was at, at ten minutes and thirty three seconds. It's actually like the third or fourth longest match in the entire card. So yeah, the I thought it was match. a pretty good match. Um, what was I going to say? Never mind. Keep okay. going. You don't really remember? <laughs> no. So then we cut to our first backstage segment of the show. This has a lot of backstage segments. Um, mean Gene Oakland with our celebrity guest, Alex Trebek, Regis Philbin, and Marla Maples. I got a few notes here. First off, Regis is talking to Mean Gene, and, mean, and Regis is like, you know, I, I've had them all on the show. I've had all the guests. I've had them, you know. And he said, this is a quote. I wrote this down. He goes, I've had him, uh, Hulka, Hulkamania. I've had him on my show. <laughs> How do you not know Hulk Hogan's name? Because he's Hulka, and he's nervous. <laughs> And then uh, he's like, uh, you got, like, Mean Gene calls Regis beautiful. Yeah. 
And then he's creepy with Marla Maples. What is, do you remember what she was famous for? I think she, I don't think she was with Trump yet. Uh, she was probably a model or TV yeah. personality or something like that. I can look up real quick while well, you have your notes. Yeah. Well, after Marla, well, I sent, I sent you this thing because yeah. I, I thought this whole exchange was hilarious. Me and Dean Oakman was like super, like, super fond of Alex Trebek. You could just tell by the way he's talking. He's like, next up is a guy who's got all the answers, Jeopardy's own Alex Trebek. My very dear, close, personal, longtime friend, Alex, welcome to WrestleMania. Trebek says, thanks, Jim. It's good to be here. <laughs> and Gene's like, it's Gene. And it's like, oh. And then he goes into some scripted BS about like a who's on first type of exchange about answering the question with answers and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really funny from uh, that backstage part. Yeah, so Marla Maples, uh, she won the Miss Beach poster conference, and she was Miss Hawaiian Tropic. So for her career, on her Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. the very first thing is, in 1991, Marla Maples appears as a celebrity guest at WrestleMania 7. <laughs> so that's her claim to fame is WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I loved uh, Alex calling Jim Gene. No, Gene. <laughs> no, no. It's the, that's not the question. He's like getting all flustered and frustrated. Yeah. Oakland's such a pro. Like, he's just Mr. Show Business. And oh, for sure. We talked about this, like his personality on uh, the Legend House show. Uh -huh. where he's just like... Jimmy, get the hell away from me. Like, all pissed <laughs> off at Jimmy Hart and all that stuff. And yeah. being creepy on the girl Ashley, the host there. And he tried to get her drunk in the finale. Yeah. Love us some mean Gene Okerlund. Next match up, the Texas Tornado versus Dino Bravo. Uh, I wasn't really into this one, even no. then. It's only three minutes long. It's a, I mean, it's decent. It's three minutes. But here's I, a couple of those. One, my God, is Dino Bravo juiced to the gills. Like... Well, then he's just pudgy and slow. And... Well, he's just juiced and doesn't do, like, a good diet is what it looks like. Okay. <laughs> he, takes, he takes a lot of steroids and eats uh, pizza and McDonald's. And then just works out like a fiend, you okay. know? Uh, Bobby Heenan, already starting on the comp great in the commentary, calls the guest celebrities a bunch of ham and eggers. <laughs> <laughs> And how about those matchup graphics with the with, for the WrestleMania 7? Oh, they're awesome. Like, they show the picture, then, like, then they go to the, the package. Yeah. Like, they're just simple enough. Now they're, like, a little too fancy for my taste, right, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, but they're just great, these graphics. And go watch it. If you, as soon as you watch the first match, you guys get to see them. It's great. Yeah. Next, we have our interview with Sean Mooney. He has the Warlord and Slick. Uh, and then the Warlord, kind of an odd manager choice for him, right? Slick? Because he's like this. Yeah. You know, like, ah, I'm the warlord, and then, oh, baby, I'm slick, you know? Well, even slick, he was he was more, I don't know, not as put together as I thought he was. Like, if you ask me about slick, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's this, this, and that. Like, you know, probably giving him praise. Yeah. But I, I'm watching this, I'm like, this guy is no good. <laughs> that he's got a... He goes, oh, Davey boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You're about to be devoured. He's I'll... like, you're about to be devoured. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this guy? But it's great because it's yeah. so hilarious and ridiculous, you know? But what I liked about the, well, that one and then going to, uh, was it Mean Gene and Bulldog and the other one? Yeah. So many dog references. Yeah. That's a fun. <laughs> so I thought it was ridiculous. So the what I have here is... Um, First off, the first shot is of the dog, the bulldog Winston yeah. he has with him. It's not of the British, mm -hmm. it's of Winston. Right, and so then it pans up. Yeah. What do you have? Oh, I put uh, Sean Moody backstage with the Warlord and Slick, Mean Gene backstage with Bulldog. Um, a lot of dog references. So I think uh, Slick says something. It takes a pack of dogs to take down the Warlord. <laughs> okay, so that's one. And then Davy Boy is going to get fixed. <laughs> that's two. Every dog has its day. I think Mean Gene said that. Uh-huh. 
dog eat dog. And then Bulldog is like, there's no bull in this bulldog. And then Gene wraps it up at the end and says, I'll be doggone. <laughs> yeah, and then Gene says, or and then uh, Winston says, because Bulldog, what's that, Winston? And Gene puts like the mic up to the dog's face. Yeah. And Bulldog goes, he says, there's no bull in this British Bulldog. So many <laughs> dog references. Right. Uh, the British Bulldog versus the Warlord. I have no idea why. No reason at all I should like this match as much as I do. But I, I liked love, it. It's so fun. Yeah. Two guys, juice to the gills. If you were to pick which one would have been dead, I definitely would have picked the Warlord now. But it's, oh, for it's, sure. Yeah. It's going to be the Davy Boy Smith, yeah. the British Bulldog. Poor, poor Davy Boy. This WrestleMania is pretty I famous like... for having a lot of dead guys on it. Hey, I, I wasn't going to bring that up. Well, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I just love the power between the two. Um you're doing the, the power slam. You're trying to do a crucifix, or Bulldog's trying to do the crucifix. The Warlord just drops him down because he's not going to be pulled down by a crucifix. And, you know, just just the power between the two I thought was amazing. And, like, I want Bulldog to, you know, overpower a Warlord, which he did. This is just a straight power matchup mm-hmm. between two giant yeah. guys. And uh, I like uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby the Heenan line, uh, the Queen told me he's a disgrace to England. <laughs> make it, make it British Bulldog. Yeah. And then when the Bulldog breaks out of that full Nelson, the crowd goes nuts. Like, oh, yeah. my God. And Monsoon, he doesn't have the fingers locked. He doesn't well, have the fingers that's locked. That's what I thought was awesome because Monsoon was saying that. As soon as he was saying that, you couldn't see it. But then somehow, I, I don't know what happened or who told who to bend down, but they bent down, and then the camera got the shot of uh, uh, Warlord's fingers not interlocked. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't have it locked. <laughs> Bulldog's going to get out of it. Yeah, so Bulldog gets the win at 8 minutes and 15 seconds with the power slam. And then we go right to another backstage segment. Uh, mean Gene with the Nasty Boys and Jimmy Hart. The Nasty Boys just define pro, res- pro wrestler. <clears throat> Screaming, loud, goofy yeah. looking. Could not be anything else in the world besides pro wrestlers. Just slobs. They're missing teeth. They got goofy haircuts. They blow their noses in Gene's handkerchief. Right. Like, hey, give me my hanky. <laughs> and they blow it back in there. Uh, and then we've got one of my favorite, like, Jim Knighthead interviews ever. We go to Shamu with the Heart Foundation. <laughs> Amber goes, Nasty boys! <laughs> you say you're going to rock the foundation. You say you're going to break the foundation. You say you're going to crack the foundation. He's <laughs> just going nuts. Yeah. And he's like, well, if you got to go wreck the foundation, you got to go right to the bottom, and that's where you're going. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Or that's where you're at, or something like that. It was just... Just incredible. Uh, and then Brett Carr goes, we don't think you're nasty. We think you're scum. I'm like, whoa, uh, let's uh, work on those interview promos a little bit, Brett. It wasn't as, quite as great as he ended up being, you know? Yeah. And then uh, uh, there's a new camera view I noticed on this broadcast. Right after that, it cuts to a quick cut of Gorilla and Bobby, like they're just kind of sitting there. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a production error, I think. Uh, so that was nice to notice. So we got the Nasty Boys versus the Heart Foundation. And in retrospect in this match, why the hell was Jimmy the Hart wearing a motorcycle helmet? You know? Like, coming out, why wasn't I more suspicious of him wearing a motorcycle helmet? I don't know, because I guess it just made sense, because they're wearing leather. They're from... Uh, Nastyville? Nastyville. Lots Maybe. of helmets in Nastyville? I guess. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin was in the crowd. Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. He he's was. huge at this time. This is in between Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. He's huge, you know? And now he's back doing indie wrestling stuff, which is hilarious. He answered uh, Rusev's challenge. Yeah. Come on. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I saw Macaulay Culkin on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it was Jim- last, I saw him on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Last week. And he's a little odd. Yeah. But, you know, I could see him, you know, being in pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he's a little odd, but, like, he, like he's just, like, 
kind of like I can do whatever I want type yeah. of thing, you know. I'm sure he's got plenty of money, yeah, and all that stuff. It's just he's he's an interesting guy. His Twitter account's pretty funny, and uh, he like live tweeted the Oscars without watching it and all that. But I mm-hmm. want Macaulay Culkin versus Rusev at Mania. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> it would be. So this match, uh, I don't have a ton to talk about it. I think it was just an okay match. I remember being shocked at the time that the Nasty Boys beat the Heart Foundation. I'm yeah. sure you were watching it live. Well, when I was watching it, the Heart the Foundation was one of the teams that I saw that was getting a lot of praise. They were tag team champions. I'm like, okay, I want to get behind these guys. These guys are cool. I yeah. like the colors. I like just the, the pairing of Jim DeAnvil and Brett the Hitman. Like, I like those names. Like, everything about it just seemed like they were just leaps and bounds better than anybody else in, in WWF at the time. And... It just seems so weird to see the Hart Foundation lose, even, you know, with Jimmy Hart thrown in the helmet and clobbering uh, Nightheart in the head. Especially to, like, the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Who, know? to me, were kind of unknown and just slobs. and They were nasty. Uh, they get the win after they use Jimmy Hart's helmet to whack the Hart Foundation. I think it was Brett and the head. And I could be wrong, though. It was Anvil. Okay, good. I'm glad you corrected me. But they did the heart attack, and then the ref was trying to get Bret Hart out of the out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get the win at 12 minutes and 10 seconds. So pretty long match for this type of card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only two 20-plus minute matches in this. It's the main event and the Savage Warrior match. So this was kind of a longer match. Uh, next up, we have the Jake the Snake Roberts versus Rick DeMotta Martell package. This feud started in October. Mm-hmm. Of 1990 on the Brother yeah. Love Show. This is now March 91. Like this was a six the six month feud. This was the point in the pay per view. I was like, yes. I'm like, this is what I'm waiting for. Yes. The, the, a lot of people don't like this match. I do. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and they show the package, you know, of how it started. He gets, Jake gets sprayed in the face with the arrogance perfume or cologne or whatever, yeah. blinds him. Well, the model's trying to spray it into, into Damien, like yeah. into the bag. Mm-hmm. Jake comes up from behind. <laughs> model actually, you know, puff, puts a puff of arrogance in uh, Jake's eye. Yeah. And then he's like wailing around on the, on the uh, Brother Love set. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm going blind. I'm going blind or my eye or whatever. Then they go on the Superstar show. They show Jake at the eye doctor. He's like, I want to see. Yeah. I want to see. And then they show a week later, he comes out in the Brother Love show trying to find uh, the model still blind. Mm-hmm. DDT tries to DDT him. Just up, grabs the first person he can grab. Ends up grabbing Brother Love, yeah. uh, and then like they zoom in on his eye. And obviously, he had context, and I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Like as a kid, I'm like that's real. Like his yeah, eyes are like messed if, up. It, like if you didn't watch wrestling back then and thought this was one of the best build-up segments, just I don't even know. It's amazing. <laughs> It is, you know, and then we got the Jake promo, and he goes, the blind leading the blind. There's like a great promo talking about it. He goes, even a fool knows every man has a, fi- a man has five senses, but a snake has six. Right. I was like, aren't snakes deaf? <laughs> I believed him. I didn't question it. Uh, then here we go. We got this great match, a fun match, something mm-hmm. that wasn't done before, you know. And uh, Jake ruins it a little bit when he puts his hand through yeah. the hood. You could we see talked it. about this before. Yeah. And that ruined it for me. Not the first time because I didn't notice it the first time. But after watching it a few more times, I'm like, why did you know? Why did they have that camera right there? Yeah. And when he put his hand in, to, I don't know, maybe get hair out of his face or something. You could see his fingers through like some sort of black mesh. <laughs> so I'm like, they can really see each other. Uh, this match, a few things I noticed. One is how insanely loud the crowd was. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I'm like, wow, every, everybody's into it. Like, as much as people want to maybe shit in this match or whatever, mm-hmm. everyone's, like, into it. Because this is Scream's crowd participation match, you know? For sure, He's yeah. pointing and all that. And, and Bobby Heen talks about how he couldn't breathe. And he's like, I tried this one on. You can't breathe in it. 
He's, can you hear it? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, how do you not know? And he's like, why do you have 20,000 humanoids screaming at me? <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite spots is uh, the model goes to, I think he throws Jake into the rope and then bends down to do like mm -hmm. a uh, like a backdrop. Yep. And Jake just totally runs sideways. <laughs> Which begs the question, why won't guys do that every time? <laughs> they should. And then the model was outside, uh, grabbed a chair, and uh -huh. he was going to swing something. He swings and hits the ring post and like stuns his fingers or whatever you call that yeah. when you swing real hard and the yeah. vibrations yeah. mess up your hands. And just, I don't know, the Martel was just so great. Another thing I had from him was the body slam and he goes for double drop and yeah. just misses completely. <laughs> uh, I like Bobby the Heenan's line. He goes, they should let Rick Martel close his eyes and work on the honor system. <laughs> right. Uh, or I think Bobby said something about that. Martel should put on a, a shirt. Yeah. A referee shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then... Another one is, why is, is there a reason why Rick Martel's not in the WWE Hall of Fame? I don't he know. He does not want to go in. He should be in. Yeah, for sure. He's from Strike Force to the model to everything. He yeah. had a great career. I thought so. Jake get the, gets the one with the DDT at 8 minutes and 34 seconds. Post match does the snake thing and all that yeah. all over. This was the first big match that it felt like. Yeah. Uh, after this, we get a promo for a pay per view coming up called Titans Hot Ticket, the best of WrestleMania. So before the WWE Network, you can go online or go on your TV and order a pay-per-view to watch old wrestling matches. Next up, Marla Maples is interviewing the celebrating back the Backstreet Boys, the celebrating Nasty Boys backstage. <laughs> uh, they're spraying champagne all over, and Marla's trying to interview them. They're not answering her. Yeah. Also, the Mountie shows up, and then Earthquake shows up. It's just yeah. like Jimmy Hart's crew celebrating. Well, at the time they had the. Uh Lisa Olson, she was the first woman reporter in, in the Patriots locker room. Okay. And they had exposed themselves to her and made a bunch of dirty comments to her. Okay. Because you know, women weren't allowed in locker rooms, and she was the first. So I thought this was a, well, this was a parody of that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that was, that was the point of it. Yeah. Very topical, Vince. Good job. <laughs> uh, so quite a few things, like, throughout the show were yeah. topical, like you were saying. Because I think earlier uh, Bobby Hina was referencing the LAPD. Yeah. Which at that time was the Rodney King and the Rodney He references it later, right before the boss man match. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've got Undertaker versus Jimmy Snuka. I know this is historic in the sense it was Undertaker's first WrestleMania and all that. It's not a good match at all. No. Other than Jimmy Snuka doing some crazy dive where he falls over the ropes. Uh, there is a note where Gorilla says, Tombstone City! I'm like, that yeah. should have been a t-shirt. Should know? have been. Uh, Taker wins at four minutes and 20 seconds. I remember this match being much shorter than that. Granted, four minutes is short, but I thought <clears> it was like a minute and a half. When I when I watched this match, I was I was cheering for the Undertaker because I knew Jimmy Snuka just from like watching it in the past second, six seven months. I didn't think he was that great, although I heard stories that he was. I never but, got into Snuka. Just ne even today, like I don't I haven't yeah. get him. Well, no, I wasn't into him. I knew who he was. No, it's Hasbro then, right here. <laughs> I had him. He's a terrible Hasbro too. Except but he, but he stands on the uh, the corner. Yeah, he does the stupor fly drop. All right, that was last week's show. Um, <laughs> anything else about Jimmy and Undertaker? No. Good. Because we have... <laughs> Good. The, to hell with them. After I watch this, I will defend this to anyone that have, asks me. This Macho King Randy Savage versus Ultimate Warrior mm -hmm. is the best wrestling match of all time. And I mean that not from the technical standpoint and moves and, and, and standalone story tongue of the match. I'm talking about this whole story from when it started, which was in what? Um, 1990. Yeah, 90, but it starts in, let's see here. I have a note on here. I thought I did. Um, it started right before the Rumble 91. So it started in, I think, 
we'll say November 90, November, December 90. Yeah. And then finishes in this March. Uh, simple story. Macho King wants a title shot. Warrior says you don't deserve it. Macho mm-hmm. Man to get revenge. Make sure he loses the title. And then they have such a blood feud back and forth. The only way to solve this is a career on the line match. And this match was made for the Ultimate Warrior character, I think. From the entrances to the costumes to uh, little details in it. This match kind of has it all. Yeah. And uh, I think that the best people to play these parts would be Macho King. Sensational Sherry playing her part. Yep. And Warrior. Yeah, and even the referee Earl Hebner. Yeah, you know he's uh, he has a, he plays a little bit of a role in it too. And, and I think those three at the time, even Earl, I'm not going to include Earl with this, but yeah. those three I think were at their in their prime, like right then. Like the Warrior was amazing; he had the championship; he was super popular. Savage was established; he's been a champion; he's been Intercontinental champion; he's the Macho King; he's got sensational Sherry, like two big time heels. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. just great characters. And, and and even post and obviously there's all the post match stuff with it, with with history of the Macho Man character, the Macho King character. And wrestling at the end of the day is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And as much as we talk about great moves and great work great and all that stuff, this is a good match on its own, you know, the story they tell, but yeah. and the moves they do and all that stuff. But it's just I my favorite personal match of all time is this one. If I were to pick the best wrestling individual standalone match of all time, for me, it's going to be The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Um, we can talk about that at a later date, whatever. But this one, from start to finish, it's my favorite, and I think it's the best one they've ever done in wrestling history from a storyline yeah. perspective. I know there's been better in-ring matches. You know, the Omega versus Okada trilogy in 2017, all were better than this match-wise. Incredible. Um but story, just, the yeah. psychology, like everything I thought with this building, I hated the Macho Man for him screwing over the warrior. Especially because I hated Sherry. Got it, yeah. yeah, I hated Sherry, the way that she tried to somewhat seduce the warrior into giving Savage yep. a title shot. Like I hated both of them because of that. And then, you know, like what you said with Slaughter getting the title, I hated that even more. <laughs> like, why is Slaughter a champion? <laughs> and then, you know, this has little hints throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this intentional or not. So Warrior, or I'm sorry, Macho King comes out first with Sherry. And they're on uh, their throne. Ca- the throne. They're carried out by in local wrestlers, it looks like. Yeah. And Macho Man is wearing the white cowboy hat. Like a, you know, maybe a foreshadowing to the good guy in the white hat. You know, he's coming into it, not maybe. wearing a black hat. Yeah. I think it was. I'm going to pretend it was, even if it wasn't. And then the Warrior, normally he comes out, runs, shakes the ropes, all that stuff. What does he do? He, he stands and he walks slowly yeah. to the ring, and the and the announcers bring that up, and they say, um, "Why didn't he run?" Bobby says the warrior didn't run because of the importance of the match. Gorilla says he did it because that's he didn't run because Macho King expected him to run, mm-hmm. so he's throwing them off. And then you know, right before the match, they've got Bobby kind of Gorilla's hyping the match, and Bobby's looking off. He's like, "Is that is that Elizabeth?" Yeah, like, it is Elizabeth. He's like, "Okay, what is she going to be involved in here for?" Um, just, I don't know. Every three minutes, I was super excited about something with this when I was when I first watched it. We're not going to go ma- move by move in this match because in the future show, I want to break down this match move by mm-hmm. move because I think everything they do with me had means something. Yeah. Um, there's a funny line where Poppy goes, "I wonder if she paid for that ticket." Look at it, Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing in the match was rushed by these guys. Um, I think you mentioned there was one botch when it like what, what yeah, earlier in the up? match. Uh, the Warrior is running the ropes and Savage is down on his knees. 
and he's just running the ropes to the shoulder tackle. All of a sudden, he just jumps into nothing, and Savage acts like at the last second, like he's throwing him in, into the mat. I'm like, well, that was kind of weird. <laughs> but everything else after that was was really good. Um, the other thing that I loved was the costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, the warrior custom made this for him. He's got the means much more than this in the back of his tights. One picture of him on one knee pad, a picture of the Macho Man on the other. This is Macho Man's best ring gear he's ever had, which is a bold statement for a guy like Macho Man who had yeah. that stuff. Um, I thought Sherry looked amazing, and I thought it was a little risque when they had the camera angle where she's kind of, I mean, she is kind of covered up with the, the, the draping of the jewels and all that kind of stuff in her dress, but mm-hmm. she, her ass is right there, and she's bending over, and I'm like, oh, that's a good camera shot. As a kid, I'm like, oh, my God, they're showing ass on TV. <laughs> this has got to be the first match in WWE where there was multiple finisher kickouts. Mm-hmm. Well, how many elbows did Macho McKing hit him with? Five elbows drops? Yeah, and I remember like seeing one, I'm like, oh, it's over. Right. Then two. I'm like, it's over. Then three. I'm like, no way. Then he does four. <laughs> then he does five. And this wasn't like a Hogan kick out Hulk up. Yeah. Warrior barely kicked out of that mm-hmm. last elbow. And then when he does the, his finisher on the Macho King, Macho King kicks out, and Warrior gets up like, this is when he starts looking at his hands, you know, looking yeah. to the heavens like, is this my destiny <clears throat> and all that? And, and, Earl, and Earl Hebner's trying to tell him, if you leave, it's over. And like he's waving his arms. Everyone gets what he's saying. Yeah. Macho King. That's good pantomiming by yeah. Earl, too. He's got to. He's got to talk to the last person in the stadium right. or the arena. And then Macho King is hitting him from behind. Mm-hmm. The match goes on a little bit longer. Warrior hits his finisher after this exhausting match, covers him with his boot, one, two, three. And Warrior talked about that, covering him with his boot on mm-hmm. the Warrior specials on the network right before he died. How. He asked Randy, you know, out of, to, if I could do that. And Randy said, yes, you know. He's like, and he wouldn't let a lot of guys do that. He's like, because we respected each other and we understood the importance of the storytelling and all that stuff. Uh, Warrior gets the win, 20 minutes and 47 seconds. You think that's it? But the match story isn't over yet, you yeah. know. Exit uh, Warrior, enter Well, Sherry. as the Warrior goes, Warrior goes back out of the ring, gets his duster back on, starts celebrating. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed this time I never really noticed before is as he's celebrating, Macho Man doesn't move. Like, he doesn't roll out of the ring, he doesn't roll this, he's just laying there flat as the ref is checking on him. Mm-hmm. And then Sherry just starts beating the crap out of the Macho King. Like, And the announcers are like, well, that means her career is over, too. That's why she's so bad at him. Yeah, she just uh, lost her job. Her meal ticket, as Buffy yeah. keeps calling it. <laughs> it's just the way Sherry's just screaming and she's pissed. And, and the just... crowd's kind of like, oh, man, like quiet. You yeah. know, and then Savage just looks so weak. He just lost. I was getting his ass kicked by a woman. He getting kicked in the ribs, and he, I, know, it, I felt now all of a sudden I hated Macho Man at the beginning. Now yep. I feel bad for him. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Liz jumps the guardrail, runs down the ring in her heels, and that outfit Liz was wearing, the sequins with the white stars. Yeah. That's begging for someone to do a cosplay, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then she pulls Sherry off, throws her out of the just, ring. No, no. Yeah. Just grabs her all like handful of hair and just whips her out of the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. And it made me feel like Monsoon and uh, Bobby, the way they were saying, like talking good about this, like made me feel like I could feel cool, good about it. Like I could get choked up about this situation. Because <laughs> Bobby was saying uh, something about she loves him. And well, Monsoon, hold on. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. So after she throws him off or her off, um, she Blizz is going to check on Macho King, and he's all beat up. And then finally he goes, 
he cocks his fist back and she goes, ah, like she does that. And the, there's like a hush over the crowd because mm-hmm. like, oh man, he realized who it is. And his eyes get wide like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, Liz is trying to force tears out and all that. And uh, you all right? You got the microphone there? You good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Liz is trying to force tears out. And then all of a sudden, you know, arms open and then there's the hug and what a pop. They should have ended the show right there. That should have right. been it, you know? Yeah. Carries her up on his, his shoulders. Another thing I loved was Liz tries to open the ropes for him. He's like, nope, I do it for you. And then, yeah. um, Cause those are just callbacks. Like, yeah, he would always put her on, I think it was WrestleMania four. He yep. popped her up on his shoulder or when, uh, she was his manager, she would open, you know, hold the ropes for him. And it was just, I don't know, just such a feel good, everything. <laughs> like they showed women crying and yeah, as a boy, as a little man, like I didn't know. I didn't think it was cool to cry or to get choked up about stuff like that because it's, it's just really like a, a soap opera, <laughs> you know, for women to like get involved in. And then, yeah, can I say this part? Yeah. Okay. So Bobby Heenan says uh, she loves him. And then Monsoon's like, she's always loved him from the beginning. Uh-huh. And, then, and then Bobby's like, but does he love her? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, the Monsoon's Bobby Heenan says, well, I guess this is great. If you like this kind of junk. Yeah. Bob Girl's like, I love it. Yeah. So Monsoon really made me feel like it was okay for me to have those feelings, too. If the gorilla says it's okay, yeah. then you're good. I admired him as a kid. So this was like the main event of the first half of the show, mm-hmm. I'd say. And should have uh, ended. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't go downhill from here, but this is the peak of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, next, and then we got this weird backstage segment. Uh, so he talks, back, Mean Gene goes, we there's a lot of instant replay debate. Again, going on topical stuff they're talking about. Yeah. And they go to a weird segment with Vince McMahon, George Steinberg, and Paul McGuire. And I wrote, man, this was bad. Except for the Bushwhackers of the replay booth, like playing with the tape. Other than that, it was just stupid. I didn't see that part. Oh, so this was not in the network. I don't think so. Okay, no. so uh, they around this time, instant replay was being debated big mm-hmm. in the NFL. So there's an, a uh, something where they go back to Mean Gene, then he kicks over to a pre-taped segment where Vince McMahon is interviewing George Steinbrenner and Paul McGuire, and they're debating instant replay. And then they're doing a segment with the Bushwhackers being like the replay officials, and it's like Vince is in like the studio, like the yeah, Stanford this, this studio. Sounds familiar. Yeah, and he's got the bright baby blue suit on and all that, and it was just dumb, and it lasted for like way too long, and I'm sure this was part of the intermission, and because it, it was, I know it was, because we go back from that, Gorilla and Bobby are out talking about what just happened with Macho King and Elizabeth, and they kind of recap upcoming matches. Mm-hmm. And then they say, here comes a five-minute intermission. And in my version, the intermission shows up. And when it comes back from intermission, there's a hilarious, like, fireworks graphic, like, pew, 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 which you've, I don't know if you've ever seen. And uh, Bobby and Gorilla chat about the upcoming matches, and they kind of rehash what happened with Macho King and, and Warrior and Elizabeth. And Bobby has a line says, I'd rather have some money than just some skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we have Regis is back, He's, and there's a handful of interviews now. Yeah, with, this is where it picked back Okay, up. so Regis interviews The Undertaker and Paul Bear. He's asking him questions. They don't say anything. They just measure him for a casket. Next, we go to Alex Trebek. Interviewing Which I think is the first time, well, not the first yeah. time, one of the first few words I heard Undertaker say is like 47. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alex Trebek interviews Demolition with Mr. Fuji. Axe and Smash tell him, call him Master Fuji! You know, yeah. they're yelling at him. And these interviews are just horrible. Back to Regis with Tenru and Kato. They don't have any answers for him. Mm. And then we go back to Alex Trebek. He's interviewing Jake the Snake with Damien. 
Alec looks legitimately nervous about that snake. I would just be like, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, get your carny crap out of here. Um, and and then I that, always look at, at how Jake holds uh, Damien. Yeah. Like, he wasn't holding him very, like, protectively. Right. No. Like, he's very loose with his <laughs> with the snake's, you know, I guess, mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right by his face and Alex and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, wouldn't you want to hold that closer to by, by the jaw? <laughs> you would think so, right? Yeah. Uh, then we go back to Bobby Heenan. He thinks all these interviews are hilarious that he set up because he claims yeah. he, they're all bad. He set them up on uh-huh. purpose, and Grill is all mad at him. That was something I never really remembered from before, so that was pretty funny. And then we've got Demolition versus Tenru and Kaito. Ten, Kenru and Kaito. Katao. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I should know that. Kaito. <laughs> on the network version, um, I don't know if they dubbed the music. Did they give him the Here Comes the Axe, Here Comes the Smasher music? Do you remember or no? Mm, I don't remember. Okay, so on the live version, it was some weird, like, evil music. Um, Tenru and Kaitao, they win. And I'm like, why would they win? I guess it's because Demolition is just about to break up. <clears throat> Maybe they're going to do something with the Japanese market. Yeah, I uh, don't know. Four minutes, 44 seconds. I was looking forward to this match. Not because of who they were going to go against, but I wanted to see Demolition like live and in person, like again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, just, I just wanted to see him. And I mean, they did all right, but it wasn't the Axe and Smash that I read about or that I followed up with old videotapes that that's who they were. And eh, I was just like not that impressed with it. And I'm like, why are these two people I've never heard of, you know, beating Demolition, a team that is supposedly like praised as one of the best at, yeah. in the business right now? Good question. And they lost. <laughs> Uh, next, we go backstage to Mean Gene interviewing the big boss man. Typical hard times, yeah. some my mama stuff, etc. The boss man looked good. Like he was he's, in shape. He like, was. He was ready to just fight. He's got the nightstick twirling. He's ready. He's got his uh, shirt buttoned out, unbuttoned all the way down to his belly button. <laughs> Sean fat, fat boss man had that buttoned up to his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wore an undershirt too. Sean uh, Mooney interviews Bobby the Brain and Mister Perfect. Um, and then on this match, Lord Alfred Hayes is doing commentary because Bobby's in the corner of Mr. Perfect, which yeah. that was kind of interesting. Uh, Bossman wins this match via DQ at 10 minutes and 46 seconds. It's kind of like a match where a lot of stuff happens only yeah. to end in a DQ, you know? Yeah. Well, like, we've talked about this in the past. One of my favorite things back in the day was just the Bobby Heenan making fun of Bossman's yep. mama. And then it was the whole Bossman had to get back in Heenan just to get to Heenan. So he had to go through Heenan's family members, uh, Rick Rude, uh, all the other guys, Haku, Barbarian, which I think he fought Barbarian at uh, WrestleMania or uh, Royal Rumble. Bossman. Anyway, so Bossman finally gets his shot. Now it's a title shot, and they get into the ring. And I remember the first part when I was watching it again. Mr. Perfect has the towel, and he throws it behind his back at Bossman. Bossman wipes his ass with it, throws, <laughs> throws it back in Perfect's face. <laughs> Perfect doesn't like it. He's like, why would you do that to my towel? He does it again, throws it to him. Bossman grabs it, like kind of slaps the like paintbrushes uh, uh-huh. um, Perfect's face with it, and then throws it again. So just the intensity of, of this was just amazing for me. You liked it then? I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like it. I think I didn't like it because I knew because I, I was pissed Bossman didn't win the title. I think that's why I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. I, I was upset that he didn't win, but I mean, he won the match, but obviously not the title. Um, I just like the storyline of Bossman getting back at Heenan. Mm-hmm. But he never he never culminated, never got that belt. No, it never did. Which I think, well, you know, he should have. <laughs> Especially now when he's jacked. Yeah. Uh, we kick it over now to Mean Gene, who's in the crowd with Donald Trump. But Mean Gene, Mike's not working. I'm guessing this isn't on the network version. Because they kick it over, he's talking to him, no mic, and then they're like, oh, we got some audio problems, and then they just have a wide shot 
of the crowd, and Earthquakes comes out to have, face Greg the Hammer Valentine. Um, Lord Alfred Hayes says goodbye to Gorilla Monsoon, says I'm out of here, you know, because Bobby well, Heenan's coming had, back. No, on, when I watched it on the network, they had the interview with Trump, Chuck Norris, yep. Henry Winkler. So, and, yeah, uh, they do have that. They kick back to <clears> it. <throat> but the, initially, on my version, they show the audio screw-up parts. They show oh, two okay. parts. Um, yeah, I've got notes on that. And, uh, I mean, like, what the hell? Like, Chuck Norris and Donald Trump handshake. And, like, yeah. if, what's funny is Henry Winkler's kind of sitting down there. I'm not standing for this. I want to watch the show. I'm like, <laughs> are they going to ignore Fonzie? Yeah. Lou Ferrigno comes in. And, of course, Lou Ferrigno has a speech impediment because he's deaf, right? Uh-huh. He's the Hulk. Right. So, I mean, everybody knows that. Like, that's just the way he talks. And then I thought it was funny afterwards. Like, after that segment's done, Bobby Heenan's... <laughs> yeah, I have that note, too. Oh, he said, he's like, I couldn't understand Fragment because he had 15 pounds of crackers in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so funny because you do know why he talks like that. And then he says he had a bunch of crackers in his mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Earthquake gets the win three minutes and 14 seconds and got him a nothing match. Not really sure why he was in this match but hey or why this match happened valentine and um <clears throat> excuse me valentine and hockey talk were the blue uh what the hell were they the rhythm blues? and blues rhythm and blues and they had broken up because valentine was getting sick of jimmy hart so this is kind of like valentine as a baby face but i didn't think the match was that great mm -hmm. and next up we have sean mooney backstage interviewing the legion of doom hawk has a line where he goes power and glory when we're done with you You'll be sour and gory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a rush. <laughs> really, I want to think of that one. I don't know why I ever liked them. Legion of Doom? Yeah. Me neither, but like I, I don't get it. But hey, it's because like, for a kid, like they're awesome. I love the shoulder pads and the face paint. Yeah, for a kid, and they're awesome. What a rush. And then tell them, Hawk. <laughs> well, uh, Legion of Doom beats Power and Glory in 59 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot to say about this match, other than the fact that it sucks for LOD. they got to get all dressed up. For yeah. 59 seconds, you know. And then you got Hercules, who could have stopped that uh, Doomsday device anytime he wanted to. But he just kind of <laughs> standing around side, like looking look like a cartoon with the birds. <laughs> he wants to get to the bar, chirping around his head. Wants to get to the bar. Next up, we got our other one of the big matches: Ted DiBiase versus Virgil. Uh, they show the promo package and the years of Virgil's abuse finally yeah. snapping on DiBiase at the Rumble. And then, uh, why was Piper with Virgil? Like, how'd that end up? That was so odd. Like, it was um, at the Royal Rumble. At the end of the match, Dusty Rhodes and Dustin against uh, Virgil and DiBiase. DiBiase and Virgil won, but they were fighting each other. DiBiase beat up Virgil. Okay. And then uh, at the end of that match at the Royal Rumble, DiBiase's in the ring with the mic. His uh, million-dollar championship's laying in, in the middle of the ring, and he tells Virgil, he's like, get over here and pick up my Yeah, belt. I knew that, but, like, I don't get why Piper was involved. Well, because when... Uh, Virgil picked up the championship belt and Million Dollar Man's like, yeah, everybody's got a price. Ha, ha, ha. But Virgil slaps him in the head with it. Piper was on commentary. He's like, yeah, get him, Virgil. Uh -huh. And then ever since then, like, Piper was in Virgil's corner pumping him up, getting him to, you know, backlash or leave uh, DiBiase for how he was treating him. Virgil ends up winning this match by, what is it, count out or DQ? What do I have? Count out. Which is funny that, like, the title won't change hands in a count-out. Like, it's a made-up title. It could do whatever it wants, yeah. you know? And he ends up winning it at SummerSlam, so I'm, I'm guessing they were planning on just the feud extending, which is why they didn't have him mm -hmm. win it here. The only thing that I liked about this match was Piper coming out, Oh, Virgil, time to come out! And, like, Piper's knees taped up, but it's taped up with, like, electrical tape or whatever, or, like, scotch mm -hmm. tape. I'm like, what, what is that doing for your knee? <laughs> 
Um, I thought they were kind of going towards a DiBiase and Piper match. Yeah. That's what I thought. But no. No. Piper ended up coming back pretty much in 91, 92, and then had a few with Bret Hart a little bit. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, he he semi-retired after that. Then came back here and there, ended up in WCW, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Post-match, Sherry comes out, joining herself with a million-dollar man. Hey, you lost one guy as a client. That come makes join, sense. Yeah, come join Million Dollar Man and uh, beat the hell out well, of Million Piper. Million Dollar Man just lost his his manager or whatever yeah. servant. <laughs> beat the hell out of Piper post-match. They end up um, making a comeback, Virgil does, and Piper's struggling to get up. And Virgil's big speech, hot rod, get up. And then Piper, you know, sells it and pushes himself and Wake gets up. Yeah. And I remember this match being a lot better than it was and being a lot better, but still fine. I think their SummerSlam match was a lot better. Yeah. As far as uh, what happened with it. Yeah, I just really like the build up leading up to the match and yeah. the match itself and then uh even the return of Sherry now having a new I don't know, boss client, whatever it was, but I'm like, all right, this is working out. Then we got a backstage promo <clears throat> with Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, uh, hold on a second. Go ahead. Did you skip over the part where uh Piper's like flailing and um, Danny Davis, I think, is the ref in the match, and Piper throws the, the <laughs> throws his crutch and just the balls. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he just hit him right in the nuts. <laughs> Poor Hot Rod. Poor Danny Davis. Poor Danny Davis. <laughs> uh, there's a package on the Hogan-Slaughter feud, an interview with Slaughter and General Agnog, and then Slaughter threatens to get himself uh, counted out or disqualified. That's kind of the first time a heel was like, hey, yeah. I'll get myself counted out. I'll win. You'll win the battle, but I will win the war, Hulk right. Hogan. Type of thing, and uh, that's a legitimate point by the Sarge. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the Mountie versus Tito Santana. Which, 13th match of the card already. 14th, with including the dark. If you're there. <laughs> the 14th match was 13th if you're watching. Well, the Mountie home. wins in 1 minute and 21 seconds. Yeah, I thought this match was pointless. It was a buffer for the crowd. That's all mm-hmm. it was. Just to bring them all the way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to build them back up. And then uh, Mean Jeans back with Hogan. And I think and the only note I have about this interview, other than this typical Hogan interview, is we need a Hogan figure with that uh, uh, USA bandana he's got on there. I was a big the, fan of that. The stars in blue? Yep. Uh, here we go. We've got our celebrities come out. Alex Trebek, Regis Philbin, Marla Maples. Hold on. Before that, yep. I'd, li- I'd like the video package that they put together. They were talking about the, the thing that you had said earlier about uh, – Adnan showing him yeah, belt belt. upside down. That was part of the video package. One of the first parts of that I liked was Sergeant Slaughter was just becoming anti-American. And one of the biggest USA guys in WWF at the time, not just Hogan, but like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, just he's Mr. USA in my book. And they just showed him like beating the hell out of uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm like, oh, no. And then Hogan comes to save Duggan. So it's like you got these two American guys kind of working together. Um, but that was just some notes I had from the yeah. video package that I liked. Yeah, the package was good. This, I mean, all the WWE. And the Burning Hogan shirt. Sure. Which I heard was supposed to be a flag, but they changed it. Yeah, that was what they thought about doing, and Sergeant Slaughter pretty much told them no, and I think WWE said probably not a good idea to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we got the match with the celebrities coming out, and this is something that always bugged me. Alex Trebek announces Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, and General Agnan, like you mispronounced. Yeah, Adnan. Mc- mispronounces it. Yeah. Um, I thought Regis for being the guest ring announcer, like the guest commentator, was fine. Mm-hmm. Like he let Gorilla and Bobby lead. He had jokes. Like he's like Hulk's the yeah, greatest. Yeah, he didn't step in any toes. Yeah, he didn't try to. He's just there to have fun. I didn't even notice him. Yeah, which I guess is how good he was. Uh huh. 
Uh, so this match happens. It's a pretty standard Hogan match, with the exception of a couple things. One, Hogan tries to climb the top rope for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I ever saw. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then he ends up bleeding, which for this show, it doesn't fit. Like, there's no, like, blood and guts 80s wrestling stuff on this show. It's yeah. weird that he's bleeding on this show. Well, he's hanging over the rope, and, I don't know, Slaughter just kind of pops him in with the head the with the chair. Yeah, but I think it was Agnon that hit him. But it's funny. He's like, it's a steel chair. It was a plastic folding chair he hit him with, too. <laughs> it just didn't fit. I didn't get it. Um, yeah. Other than that, standard Hogan beat down, come back, gets the win. Everybody's happy, you know? There's not and, a lot to say about it. One of the things that I've mentioned this before was this is when I realized the blood was fake. Not the blood itself, but the blading. Yeah. To, to you know, to get color. Because <laughs> as soon as, uh, I think it is Slaughter that pops Hogan in the head. Hogan, you could just see his hand. He goes right across his forehead, <laughs> just cuts the hell out of himself, lays the blade in the ring, and then Ebner, Hebner picks it up and puts it in his pocket. Like, the whole thing is just on camera, like, one right after but another. If you weren't looking for it, you probably would have noticed it, maybe. I noticed it the first time I watched it. I'm like, oh, really? what, I'm, what is that? Why? <laughs> he just cut himself. <laughs> and that guy just picked up, uh, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I learned it was a razor blade later. Yeah, the Hulkster, you know, he had to bleed for the business, I guess. <laughs> and that was some that was some brutal back alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cut across his head. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan gets the win here at 20 minutes and 26 seconds. Mm-hmm. I will say this about this match. It was a 20-minute match that did not did not seem to drag, at least for me, uh, considering who was wrestling. And, hey, Sarge apparently was wrestling with a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. So it, that was a pretty good match. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think it was fun. I liked it a lot. I, I shouldn't say I liked the I liked the show a lot. It was it was a fun match. You know, I'll give it a B minus for a match. Not that terrible, but nothing amazing. And that wraps up the show. Hogan celebrates. You have a note where he uh, well, we're not does gonna, something. We're not going to talk about how Hogan. No, we are. Dis- Go ahead. <laughs> just disrespects the American flag altogether, or <laughs> makes it better. I don't know. But so, Hogan's gushing blood. He's yeah. sweating. So all of that is mixed on his face. As he's he's kind of po- in the middle of posing and then wiping this off his face, he grabs the American flag. Well, <clears throat> someone from the crowd tosses him one. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Part. God, I got something in my throat. <clears throat> okay. Yes, you be all right. You want to have some Dr Pepper? No, and I'm drink fine. it all. Um, yeah, Hogan wipes his face with the American flag, wipes all the blood and sweat off, and he throws it. Maybe he threw it back to somebody, but maybe he threw it on the ground. I don't know. <laughs> I think he threw it back to somebody, but the wiping of the blood was kind of interesting, you yeah. know. And it ends off with Hogan, you know, old glory points to the sky, and we wrap up this show. It's uh, and then Gorilla says he says the war is over. Oh well, the war was over by this point <laughs> in real life. Well, he's talking about this war, but it wasn't because they bring in Colonel Mustafa, aka the Iron Sheik. Yeah, ninety-one WrestleMania seven out of ten. What would you rate this WrestleMania? Um, probably like an eight. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Well, if I, I if I skip about four or five of the matches, like, it's, it's a ten. Like those little like nothing matches, you yeah. mean? Yeah. It's like just, to watch the whole show in its entirety, I give it an eight. Okay. But if I'm just gonna watch a lot of stories that were built up that I really was interested in, it's a total ten. Yeah, my favorite my favorite WrestleMania of all time. Maybe this one in New Orleans coming up in two weeks will be will top it. We've got maybe a ton of talent. Like talent wise, this is the most stacked WrestleMania card in the, since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Let's go down the line. You've got Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. You know, despite what you think of Roman Reigns or Brock, they're two huge stars, two huge wrestlers. Yeah, 
Miz, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins. I mean, Miz is great in the mic. You got two amazing wrestlers in Balor and Rollins. Uh, you've AJ, got Shinsuke. AJ, Shinsuke, Nakamura. Uh, Oscar, Charlotte. Oscar, Charlotte, which is going to be, I think, might steal the show. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I'm guessing Daniel Bryan and Shane versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Then we Kevin got, Steen. Yeah. The Usos are going to be on the main card, but that's their storyline this year, versus it looks like Blood the Bludger Brothers and, New, and Day. New Day. Yeah. Uh, we've got Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal, which I think will be a pre-show match. I could be wrong. Uh, Women's Battle Royal, Andre Battle Royal. In the Cruiserweight Finals. Yep, which will probably be on the pre-show. Which, but what's weird about the pre-show is like the pre-show is not really the pre-show anymore because it's all on the network. Yeah. You know, it's not like a pay-per-view free thing. Well, they do like commentary around it. Yeah, they do. Uh, then we've got... I don't oh, think it's on DVDs either. It's not. You're right. Um, some of them are. It's kind of weird. Like, so I remember Austin Aries was on a pre-show yeah. and he said he wasn't on last DVD. Year. Yeah. yeah, last year it wasn't. Uh, uh, Bliss versus Nia Jax. Hopefully, just a two-minute squash match. I'm looking forward should be. to that. Yeah, it's what it should be. Just John Cena versus the Undertaker. Maybe I yeah. guess. It's what it's, I loved how on Raw last week, like, oh, is Cena gonna face Kane at WrestleMania? Oh, that's baloney. They don't <laughs> want to see that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Kane doesn't want to see that. No. Kane just like, I need a check for my campaign. Yeah. I just really hope Undertaker doesn't answer until Cena calls him out again at WrestleMania. Like, you put Cena in the match for or Cena in the ring. Do another call out. Kid Rock starts singing that song. You want American Badass? Yeah, Undertaker? I want American Badass. I want the I want the Harley. I want the the ape hangers. I want <laughs> I want the uh, biker taker. I don't think big red devil. <laughs> I big red big jackass. Um, I think he's going to come out the week before WrestleMania. He I'm probably right. will, but in my head, that's how I want it to go down. If that happens, I think it'll be the main event of the show. I think it'll close the show. Could be wrong, but I mean, star wise, maybe I could also yeah. kind, like I said, kind of see the Rousey match closing just because the one oh, yeah, we forgot to, about that too to talk to him after. Yeah, so I posted. What something is this like seven it. hours? <laughs> well, the pre-show is probably going to start at four, and then it's around eleven. Yep. So yeah, probably ten thirty. So it'll be about five six hours. The pre-show matches the first match probably won't be till like four thirty or so. Mm. There'll probably be two matches in the pre-show, maybe three. Um, yeah, it starts, I think, at 6 Eastern, it said. So, no, 5 Eastern. Wait. No, 7 Eastern. So, right? So, it starts 6. 7, 6, yeah. Yeah, so it'll start at 6 Central time, the main show. Um, there'll probably be three matches on the pre-show. I'm probably not going to, depending on which matches of the pre-show, I'm not going to rush to get there because I'm there a while. Um, if there's something I want to see, I'll get there for the pre-show, but I probably won't. I, I might miss some of that just because it's a long show. And I'm meeting Stone Cold that morning or that afternoon. I meet him at 1 o'clock, and hopefully he'll be. Oh, hell yeah, son. You piece of trash. <laughs> I'm listening to his podcast, and he's promoting that. He says, I'm going to be in a good mood, and I'm going to be in WrestleMania. <laughs> so apparently he's going to be in a good mood for everybody. Nice. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Hopefully not too good. He's not Bring chatting. Bring him some uh, Steve Austin. Some Steve Weisers? Yeah. I'm having him sign. Where is it? So he's going to sign this instead of my turnbuckle, my Austin 316 uncensored tape. And that's because I was thinking about with the turnbuckle. One, I've, the testing I've done in it, the signatures aren't looking great on it. Like, mm-hmm. it looks okay. Plus, this tape, like, for me personally, was a huge deal. Like, me and my friends watched this tape over and over again. Yeah. And then the WrestleMania 14 poster. Um, I still might have some of the old, like, hilarious legends sign that turnbuckle, like Bruce Beefcake and The Genius and Mean Gene Oakland, maybe. Yeah. He's only charging, like, 20 bucks an autograph, so it's not that expensive. Uh, we'll see. And I think with Brett, I'm going to have him sign my SummerSlam 97 tape. The uh, other thing I might do, so Luger's just, Lex Luger just got announced to be there. 
So I'm thinking of having Brett and Lex Luger some of my 94 Rumble tape. Oh, Co-winners. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but i got to buy two autographs from Brett then, which is kind of pricey. We'll see. And Luger's, Luger's cheap, but Brett's not. Brett's yeah. like 40 bucks. So we'll see. We will see. i got lots of stuff to think about. I will try to have one more show, guys, before Mania. Excuse me, next week. I will try to do like a, uh, I don't know, like an old school underground version of a show at WrestleMania. I'll try to record on my phone and upload something to SoundCloud with my buddy who's going to be there. Maybe run into a few friends and Twitter followers down in New Orleans. Um, I'll be posting where I'm at most of the time. And I posted my schedule the other day. I'll be at WrestleCon on Friday. Saturday's kind of wide open. I'll be at Ring of Honor at night. Sunday, I got WrestleCon in the morning and WrestleMania, obviously, in the evening. I'm not going to Raw or anything. I'm pretty much after WrestleMania, I'm heading to the airport almost. My flight's at like 5.45 in the morning, so I'm going to go and get my stuff and go. <laughs> Still sounds like a really busy weekend. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yep. Um, anything else you want to chat about besides WrestleMania 7, which was the best WrestleMania ever? No. I think I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I might take a break from watching. I've watched like 10 times in the past month. <laughs> Not that many, but I've watched, this is the best one I've watched the most, for sure. Yeah. Um, that is going to be it for us, guys. Thank you for listening. Please follow on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If you like the show, leave a review or share it with a friend. Um, I know we got a handful of you guys out there that do it, so I appreciate that. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.